Hey guys, it's Aaron. Welcome to the Leadership Forever Podcast, where we exist to empower leaders, you, to leverage their skills and gifts for what matters most, and that is leadership. I'm here with my co-host, Jeremy. What's our topic today, bro? Dude, our topic today is your most ignored leadership asset. Ooh. So we're going to go into the depths of uh, well, each of us and talk about the one thing that we often like to ignore, because, well, it makes us uncomfortable, and it's one of your most ignored leadership asset. And uh, it's a hint. You're going to have to get a little bit vulnerable with us. Ooh. Let's do ah, nothing it. Nothing quite like it. Woo. What's up, guys? I got some coffee here today. Jeremy, we are drinking some coffee from Hawaii. Yes, this is the one that we referenced a few weeks ago, actually. Your buddy Daniel gave it to us. Yes, Daniel. And it, he uh, he comes back from Hawaii, and he goes, hey, just so you know, um, Hawaii coffee sucks. So hopefully this is good. It was a great way to sell it. But nonetheless, it's actually not too bad. It's, it's not a, terrible. It says it's a light roast. It is. It is not a light it roast. Not. It, it, it is not. It says it, but not. it tastes more it says like... It's light and fluffy. It's not. It what is the dark. name of it? So the people know. I can't see the bag. You have it, it in it's, here. It's... Do Farm? It's actually Ooh Farm. That's an O. It doesn't look like oh, it's an O. It kind of looks like it's a D. Ooh Farm. Um, and it comes literally right out of um, Maui. It is. I love the packaging. Can and... I tell you why? Because at the bottom, there's a map of Hawaii. Oh, I didn't And it says that. it's on the second island and it says Bean Here. Bean I think it's here. hilarious. I think it's so funny. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's not okay. bad. 100% it's not, Maui it's coffee. Bad, it's, um, I'll just tell you which one it is. It's the yellow Katura number 16. Um, here's a, the, the cupping notes says pleasant, lightly roasted coffee. Uh, it was not lightly roasted. It was actually a little bit more of a dark roast in my opinion. I wouldn't even call it a, a medium roast. We'll call it a dark roast, but nonetheless, Hey guys, thank you for your specialty coffee from Hawaii. Yeah. And well, it, it's good. It's something different. I, something it's I, different. I was researching in a little bit, Hawaiian coffee. And one of the reasons Daniel probably said it's not as good is because most of the coffee we drink is Arabica beans, which Correct. means it has to be built above a certain elevation, which is much higher than anywhere you can get. That's not a volcano yeah, this is in like, Hawaii. This is like 3,000 feet up, and it's usually more like eight to 10,000 feet. Yeah. So, yeah. It, which, it, and that makes, makes it definitely makes a difference. And I, I actually read that they do roast darker sometimes with a certain types of beans to try to get more flavor because of the elevation. So Yeah, it's not so much the flavor because the flavor is there. It's just it tastes burnt to me yeah with you. That's, that's but daniel thank like. you so much we love you yeah appreciate nonetheless it. daniel we appreciate you thank you so much for your contributions to the podcast so good okay so you're Ooh. talking about vulnerability and ourselves the most today. ignored leadership asset which actually is vulnerability vulnerability our stories yeah it's your own story Being open your your life experience is your greatest leadership asset yeah and for some of us as we're listening to this we're going Ooh, um, so how do I ignore this? How do I, ooh, where's the um, pause button? Because I don't want to listen to this podcast. Actually, please do. We're going to share with you our stories. We're going to get vulnerable a little bit with you and just to share you, with you where we've come from. Like what, not just why you should listen to this podcast, but specifically, hey, these are just two guys, you know, youth ministry junkies who love coffee, who love ministry, who love Jesus. But we know the love of Jesus because we've come from the pits and Jesus is 
redeemed us and transformed us and is daily transforming us. So we want to share a little bit of our own stories as a way to encourage you to do the same. And we want you to know that we're not just sharing just literally from the top of our heads. We are encouraging you to write out your own story. Take a, a five-minute synopsis of what your story is. Maybe list like four or five major highlights of yeah. different seasons in your life. If you're an adult, that's going to be a little bit harder to narrow it down, but I encourage you to narrow it down to some major aspects in your life. Maybe the ones that... Uh, was the biggest turn if you look mm. at it from a road yeah. perspective Ooh, at this moment at this mile marker in my life i made a huge turn left and then another one you make a huge turn right Not, make note of those um that's what we're going to share with you is our major turning points in life um the good and the bad and this is going to mm. do something for you i've heard this often from somebody someone said to me recently uh specifically about the gen z generation so if you're a parent you're most likely a parent of a gen z -er. it up you're a parent uh, yeah if you are a student ministry past you obviously are leading the gen z generation they are capable of seeing an authenticity and authenticity blah, blah, blah. yeah unauthentic people is that somebody yeah i think yeah. so um quicker and they will sniff that out so fast and so somebody said to me one time actually very recently they're like so jeremy i just feel like when you're speaking you just you just preach from your soul. I'm like, yeah, I do. Legitimately. I, I hate going on the stage to preach where I did not wrestle, like literally wrestle with the topic myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I've used the Jacob illustration in the Old Testament where Jacob is told to actually literally wrestle with God throughout the night. And he goes in the next morning and he literally has a major limp because he wrestled with God. I want my life to be a wrestle with God, not in a negative, but as a, I need to wrestle the topics. I need to go to the word of God and I need to trust God. That he's going to wrestle it to the ground with me. Although I might come out a little bit hurt, maybe a little bit in pain. I won't come out much better for yeah. it. Last week's topic was all about falling in a way that helps you get back up stronger than ever before. This podcast I think is actually a helpful point on taking the next step in that because if you're not willing to be vulnerable with their own story, yeah, what's the point? Well, we only have one story. People want to, people want to know you. Yeah, they, they do. Want, they, when you're speaking, they want to hear from you. Yep. They don't want to hear if they want to listen to Stephen Furtick, they would go tune into Stephen Furtick because he's available everywhere. If they want to go listen to some, they don't want to hear that from you. Yeah, they want to right. hear you. They want to hear your story. Yep. And honestly, we talked about this quite a few weeks ago about being intentional with telling stories. We had I talked about having a story log. Jeremy talked about how we share stories. This is a this is similar in the same vein, but a little different because it's all about being vulnerable with your story. Because being willing to share where you fit within the topic yeah, itself. So as a communicator, this is essentially important because it's going to help you do several things. So if you're a boss, uh, so as a, a person who oversees a lot of staff, I have to find myself in this vein a lot. And this podcast is coming literally the week after a major conversation here at church yep. where we're talking about a massive reorg. It's going to be really good in the back end, but right now it's painful as a leader. My number one responsibility right now is one to, as a pastor to shepherd the staff that I oversee, but more important than just that it's getting to a place of empathy. Mm -hmm. I need to, to, to be empathetic. I need to be able to first see where I fit into the story. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's about the other person, but being able to use my own emotions, my own experience and going, yes, I understand where you're coming from. That's actually vulnerability. That's humility. You're getting to a place of, hey, I feel where you're at. It's going to help you as a leader support your kids. It's yeah. going to help you as a leader support your spouse. It's going to help you as a leader to support your staff. And it's really important that you're seeing yourself within every single story. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you only can become vulnerable when you truly understand your own story. Here's a big thing about vulnerability. I think we should get rid of the myth up front. Okay, so as we dive into our own story, in just a second, Aaron, I would love for you to start off by sharing your story. But here's one important thing about this un or this most ignored leadership asset. We would call it vulnerability, your own personal story. I would say this. Vulnerability 
is not a liability. Yeah, so we say that again. Vulnerability is not a liability. Yeah. Vulnerability is an asset. Yeah. When used correctly. Yeah. So there are ways to use a story. There are in are good ways to use a story. There are bad ways to use a story. Yep. So obviously you need to be wise on what to share, when to share it, how to share it, all of that. You what know you're that, sharing with yeah, which type of people. So like a parent, don't talk about sex to your 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 first grader. Okay? Yeah. That would that would be poor. But it may be a good conversation to have with your fourteen year old. Okay, or so like, if and how you approach the conversation, yeah, of sex. absolutely. I mean, so across the board, like your vulnerability is really, yeah. really important. I, I've shared this in the previous podcast before. This conversation I had with my mom many years ago, but when I was in eighth grade, I really wanted a pair of Doc Martens, mm-hmm. really, 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 really bad. And she allowed her own vulnerability, her story, to make my personal pain and frustration and anger a a defining moment in my life for growth by using her own story. So I really wanted a Doc Martens. It was costing me $150 to get these Doc Martens. And I know I, I apologize in advance. I've already said the story before, but it's important to this topic because my mom used her own story of wanting Levi jeans back in the 70s. Yep. She goes, Jamie, I really wanted Levi's. I'm like, what does this have to do with this topic? I, I want Doc Martens, mom. You don't understand. She goes, yes, I do. I know exactly the pain that you're feeling. Because when I wanted Levi's, I wanted to spend all of my money on Levi's and my dad wouldn't let me. And now I'm thankful for it. And then she walked me through it. And like I felt my mom in that moment. My mom felt me in that moment. And she was able to teach me and guide me and support me. In that moment, my mom's best asset was not, oh, Jeremy, I'll just go buy those things for you. Oh, Jeremy, you have enough money? Great. Her best asset was using her own story or vulnerability to meet me right where I was at in his eighth grader. And did I get the boots? Yes, for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Three months later. Yeah, <laughs> and who also had one hundred fifty dollars still in his bank account? Me, because my mom taught me that nothing was worth everything I had. Yeah, but she used her own personal story as a vulnerable moment to teach me that, and I can use that story now to my kids in the future because my mom used it for me. But it's not just my story; it's my mom's vulnerable story now interlinked with mine, and it feels I feel so much closer to my mom on a regular basis. I I remember the story all the time because my mom met me vulnerably because in that moment of parenting, her best asset. Often the most ignored was the asset of her own story, which takes vulnerability. Yeah. So, Aaron, just give us a little bit of a, a quick arc. Let's take three minutes or so each if you go over, whatever, it's fine. But yeah. like three minutes each and just sharing a quick over arc of our own story. Yeah. So format I always use to tell your story, and you can tr- practice this. We both re- recently did a life plan uh, mapping um, exercise with some coaching we did, but a way for you to do this with yourself and then teach your students because their story is their greatest gift. As Jeremy was just sharing about vulnerability and being authentic is at first, but then, and now, and you can apply this to anywhere in your life. You can apply it to a, a long-term life story or a short-term story. We talked about this a couple months ago, but just a good reminder there. So I'll start at first. I grew up uh, well, honestly, I grew up in a preacher's kid's house. I was the yep, preacher's kid. Here. I was a pastor's kid. I'm born in Indiana. I moved around a lot uh, as a kid. Just curious, how many different communities did you live in before you graduated high school? I think six. Six. Wow. Okay. So, um, as a pastor's kid, I can. And then I moved to a lot. Yeah. So we, you know, and it was it wasn't all bad. Sometimes it was just um, life situation, life story, how things worked out. But moved from Indiana to Ohio at a young age, and then Ohio. Really don't mean remember a lot, but most of my childhood memories come from when I was living in the south side of Indy, and I had a great relationship with my parents, great relationship with Jesus. Um, I felt as if I did um, because mm-hmm. I felt like my parents discipled me really well. However, somewhere in the midst that I got baptized, in like I think it was 2003, um, 
But somewhere in the midst of that, I started to believe based on as a preacher's kid, I've had a lot of pressure that I had to do a lot for God to love me. I just, Mm. I was like, okay, for, for Jesus to love me, I have to be the best preacher's kid and not make my parents look bad. I can't mess up. I have to make these covenants, these commitments. I have to make all these things. So I'm good enough for God. And when I started my mind framed around this, when push came to shove and in 2010, my dad lost his job at a church very unfairly. It wasn't like, okay, we have financial issues. This was a very brutal moment. This was a brutal moment for our family because we had just left our entire life in Indiana to go to Missouri and we got there and it was just really hard on our whole family. Uh, my brother was not treated well. My I was not treated well. The church was just out to get my. Um, uh, it was obviously that the people that hired him weren't the people that stayed, and right. it was so rough. Long story short, I viewed my faith in a way that was like, "Well, I've done all this for you, God. Where are you going to show up? Here we are. Mm. I'm this preacher's kid. I'm yeah. doing all this stuff. My parents done all this stuff, and you're going to treat us this way. I'm done. And I just my faith was shattered." So I lived all this anger and bitterness built up inside me and took me to this place where I couldn't hide going through the motions anymore. Mm. When I was 17, um, I just didn't care. I just lived, you know what? I don't care what people think about me. I'm not going to hide anymore. My anger and bitterness led me to an area where I just despised anything Christian, despised the faith, and I was just despised God. I was angry. Well, made a lot of bad decisions. Made a lot of really bad decisions. All the result of trying to compensate. Yeah. For this. And I was just trying to fill a hole, fill a void in my life. And everything kind of exploded um, early of the year 2013 in my life. And um, I had to make a decision. Either I was all in with Jesus or I'm all in with my life. I'm going my own direction. So I discovered the scripture. Some discipleship my dad really took one on one with me. First John four ten, where it says, "And this is love, not that we I love, not that you loved me, but that I loved you." Yeah, and that was a breaking point for me. First John, in the entire book is your favorite. So good. But it was like, oh, you love me first, and so not to wrap it up in a beautiful bow and say, "And I'm here as a pastor Woo-hoo! today." But you know, there's a lot of hard things that have happened there. But that was an identifying moment for me where. Yeah. My anger and bitterness, what I believed as a foundation of who God was, was completely wrong and led me to a place where I was completely broken. And um, yeah, and I could go much more vulnerable, but for time's sake, I'm going to stop there. Ooh, but, well, I will use my story as this. I'm going to give a, a title to my story because oh. I got a chance to think, listen to you. I got to think. So here's my cleverness. Here we go. Um, Jeremy is no different than a portable CD player. Oh. So I grew up in the 90s. I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. Um, and I'll, let me talk to you about what the portable CD players. And for those of you who grew up with those as like a prized possession like I did, you'll resonate with this. Um, I got my first one in like 1996 maybe. Sony Walkman remember. or was it Sony Walkman. That? Okay. Sony Walkman. And um, I actually had the Walkman first and then I got the CD player. But that's specifically the CD player. The most beautiful thing about a CD player was that it was higher sound quality. Mm. I didn't have to retape, rewind it all the time, right? So we were all, it was so great. It was so convenient, except for I love to play basketball and every other sport known to man. Yeah. CD players skipped. Yeah. They're not great in your pocket. Yeah. New. And so what happened is, well, it was a beautiful correction, you know, beautiful and amazing inventors. 
solved the problem by creating a vibration reduction, right? I felt like, I, I feel as if much of my life has been like the portable CD players with a vibration reduction. Uh. But then you realize by having the vibration reduction, it helps solve the problems that you yourself can control. Catch that? Mm. That you yourself can diagnose, that you yourself can medicate. It doesn't last very long. and The battery dies within an hour. Yeah. I could never finish an album because of it. Yeah. Although I could play basketball now, my parents hated it. And actually made it where we weren't allowed to use a vibration reduction anymore because we went through batteries like nobody's business. AAA batteries don't last long in the first place. And I was about to say, that's a good uh, clarifier because it isn't just plugging it in and charging it. You had to uh, No, we had to use AAA with, batteries. There yeah, wasn't anything was about, about charging. Got expensive. Yeah, the, I, the, you know, the, the iPod didn't come out until 1999. So here's what I'm saying. I have been a self-diagnosing person. I have self-diagnosed all of my problems. I have made it. Um, I wanted to be the best and most self-aware person ever. You are probably chuckling inside because we talk about this all the time. I'm not. I highly <laughs> value self-evaluation, self-knowledge, um, uh, and I just want to be a self-aware human being. So as a result of that, I have actually would be more accurate. Instead of saying self-aware, I'm really a self-diagnosed person. Mm. What that means is I actually end up carrying all my own stress myself. Yeah. So if I think about my middle school days, uh, there was a, a, a big thing that happened in my family. And it's not just my story to tell, so I'm not going to share all of that. But um, as a result of it, though, I became a, the three on the Enneagram. Yeah. Because I learned that in order to be successful, I must not fail. I was able to be in the middle of some major relationships in my life. I was able to support people on a regular basis, but only if I was, un, if I was able to not fail. And so, so much of my life became that. However, every self-diagnosed medicated thing that I chose in my life lasted for about mm, 60 seconds like the AAA batteries. It's like everything I did, like the CD player was a great solve. It was amazing. It was awesome. But I was treating my life as if I needed a vibration reduction that only lasted so long. And then I was still left with the same problems. And that's been so much of my life. Um, And this is what I'd say. So much that... uh, I seem to be in this regular pattern. And so this is... I'm getting vulnerable with you because I feel like I'm in this pattern on a almost like a in every quarter season um where i i go and i have this dramatic experience with jesus and i go surrender there's this a, a an amazing moment with god where he reminds me that i need to surrender and trust him again and and then i go in and, and I've, I've medicated jesus is my medication he's the ultimate yeah. medication but i've been in the cycle of oh now i can do it god's redeemed me i'm on my own again i can do this Maybe some of you are listening and you just feel trapped. That's been me a lot in my life mm. where I, I just, as a side note for you, I grew up going to eight different schools before I graduated yeah. high school. Yeah. That doesn't include preschool. Yeah. Um, we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of schools. I went to three different middle schools, mm-hmm. only one high school. So I went, four years in a row, I went to the same school. Let's just give you context there, right? So we moved a lot, a lot of changes, a lot of shifting. When a young age, I realized quickly that I had the power. This is crazy. I realized I had the power to control a lot of things in my life. Yeah. The problem was I couldn't actually control me mm. because I couldn't fix me, but I wanted to all the time. I wanted those Doc Martens because I thought it was going to be my fix. Yeah. And the reason why I was so angry inside of my mom was because I thought those Doc Martens were going to be the fix for the next six months. I was going to feel that cool. I was going to feel that powerful, that awesome to other kids. And it was all just a vibration reduction mentality. Mm. It was a thing which I can control. So much of my life has been about that. Here's the problem. Uh, I took essentially the aspirin way to life. Yeah. Throw in an aspirin every once in a while, you'll be okay. I thought that I could 
clean off all the mistakes. Like as if, if I use a car analogy to take this way too far, um, I was the car wash to my own car. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. Um, I use excessive caffeine to take away the exhaustion and the tiredness. So much of that has been my life. Um, I'm a go, 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 go type of person until I can't. Yeah. Um, and I'm learning, and, and I started this about 2021. My, my, year, my word of the year for 2021 is balance. Because although I'm 33 and I'm a much healthier person than I used to be, I still need an incredible shift in my balance of my life. Mm-hmm. I can work 80 hours a week without a blink of an eye. Uh, however, I'm not a very good husband when I do that. Yeah, I'm an exhausted husband when I do that. I'm an exhausted boss when I do that. I'm a very much an exhausted friend when I do that. And so, so much of my life has been that. It's been the excessive, mm-hmm. the excessive, the excessive until I have a breaking moment and I just have to stop in front of Jesus. And so that's been my life. It's been yeah. a lot of changing. It's been a pastor's kid feeling the same pressures to be perfect all the time. Um, and then now that as an adult, it's my own expectations and I feel the desire to be perfect to my own personal expectations, which again, I am, I am literally the root of my own evil. 100%. Um, yeah. So here's the thing. I want, I'm hoping that as you listen to this, a very basic form of our own story, we'd love to share more with you. If you'd be interested, just direct messages on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at leadership pour over uh, leadership underscore pour over. Is our we handles. do that every time. It's fine. Yeah. So this, uh, just know that, as we think about this, I hope you're hearing your own story come out a little bit. Yeah. You, you, we're different human beings, ter- Which very you, much so. But When you do this, you start to notice patterns. Even as someone else shares their story, um, you start to, as Jeremy was talking, I was like, oh, that's so it's a good way to put that. Um, you're talking about the way you became a three on the Enneagram. I know when I became a two is that I, I my goal was to ignore myself so much and make mm-hmm. sure that I'm taking care of my siblings, my parents, and it all comes down to 2010 when I was a broken kid and was angry yeah. and I ignored myself and I had to fix everyone else. Yeah. And so when you start looking at your story, there is so much power and connection that can start to happen. Well, what story does for us, I think on a relationship to relationship basis is it actually evens the playing field. You realize 100%. that we're so much the same. Like I'm sure there are going to be a lot of listeners who are going to resonate with this. Um, if I think about on a Medicaid side to take that analogy further, I did, I started to no longer trust my own Tylenol. Yeah. Yep. So I had to find another one. Mm-hmm. We all know where that goes. That's incredibly dangerous. It's like, called a vice. Oh, gosh, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, it felt like every single day um, I was banging my head to the beat of the trauma in my life. Yeah. And the trauma in my life was actually dictating the rhythms of my life. And that's horrible, right? But as I process my own story and I hear my mother's story and I hear other mentors in my life, their story, I start to see the connections. Like, wait a minute, you've struggled with the same thing. Yeah. And then I can start asking these questions. How did you overcome it? How me? Wait a minute. We're a lot more alike than I realized. And it all comes from the fact that the mentors and parents in my life were willing to share vulnerably their own stories to connect, directly connect back to mine. That my mom basically sits there and goes, Jeremy, those Doc Martens aren't going to medicate you well. Yeah. Stop it. I'll buy them for you, but stop it. I think what vulnerability does is, like you said, it levels the playing field. And I I can't help but look at um, Jesus and the early disciples and how um, Jesus, he he said he was tempted in every way but didn't sin. Mm -hmm. And in that, okay, so God, the God of the universe who is also man, struggled. And for us, we have to be willing to share our own vulnerabilities and our own insecurities and right. it's just good grief. There, it's it's sometimes we just got to be open because absolutely Gen Z, as we were talking about, and if you're a youth pastor 
or parent and you're hanging out with Gen Zers and then the generation coming after them, authenticity is everything. It's absolutely they, everything. They sniff it out a mile away. And if it's not authentic, because think of the world they live in, they see um, the Instagram is dying out for Gen Zers because TikTok's real to them. Yep. YouTube seems real to them, which is funny because YouTube's so polished. So polished. But, but TikTok yes. is rising. Snapchat is rising because all they see is real because they don't want to see the polished. Yep. Right, and I'll take it even further to say that um, the reason why they're looking for real, okay, the reason why they're looking for authenticity is not because they figured out something that we haven't figured out. Yeah, That's other true. generations We're care all about looking authentic. for real, yeah. but there's a massive difference here. The reason why they're looking for real in such a profound, deep, passionate way is because, one, everything around them is fake. Yeah. But more, two, and I think more importantly, it's as a leader, as a pastor, as a parent, it's easy to take information transfer mode. Mm-hmm. Um, our Gen Zers don't have an information problem. Mm-hmm. They have what I would call information overload. They don't need more knowledge. They need yeah. more of you. Yeah. So be willing to use your story. I'm hoping that there's just a small piece of our own personal stories today will resonate with a listener and they're going to go, wait a minute, that's inspiring. They're willing to be real. I need to be real with the people which I'm with. So parents, yeah. if you're going to talk to them about a particular issue they're struggling with, use you. Use mm-hmm. your own story. It might be slightly different and just say, hey, I'm just going to share with you a little bit my own story of how I got through this because I think it's going to help you. It's going to help you see your own story. And I'm not telling you what to do next because you know that teenagers, that isn't going to go well. But it does help when you connect. I, just so you know, I was 14 years old when my mom had a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. I was in tears and I'll never forget it because yeah. she met me with her own story. And I was wanting real. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I talk about the Doc Martens. I couldn't tell you what they looked like, but I can yeah. tell you where we were at, what street we were on when my mom said that to me. Yeah. Because the depth where my mom connected with me. The power of stories, unreal. Absolutely. But it needs to be a real story. And it needs to Connect be- Connect it authentically. Yeah. Connect it in a clever way. The reason I use the clever title to say, I feel like the CD player with the vibration reduction that only lasts 50 seconds or 50 minutes. Why did I say that? Because my life is so, so much has been like that, but it connects. It connects to many of our listeners. We're going to remember. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make it clever. It's not fake. I'm being honest. In a communication setup. So if you're a pastor and you speak on a regular basis, or maybe you're listening to a, a, well, all of us hopefully are listening to pastors preach. And you'll notice that there are some that you just naturally connect with. And you'll notice that there may be some that you don't connect with. I have a guess on why that's the case. It's not always the case, but there's a good metric and why that is there is a person that you're listening to that is not giving you information they're actually giving you passion they're giving yeah. you heart they're giving you their own personal story of where they failed where they struggled where jesus came in i would much rather listen to somebody who has a brand new faith in jesus that's passionate about what literally just happened to them than somebody who's been a christian for 30 years who can't remember what jesus did for them it's so good because jesus we are plan b not plan b correction there is no plan b we are plan a and we, as believers, are it. And the scripture I always go back to is so that you can see the good works that you do, you can see Jesus. You can see it. So they'll praise the Father in heaven because they see Jesus in you. And when they yeah. see Jesus in you, you point into that. So um, for the sake of time, I, I want to give you an action that, that we were just talking about. Jeremy's talking about being intentional. You yes, there are stories that you'll remember. Jeremy will always remember Doc Martens. I will always remember stories. My dad was talking to me, you know, very personal stories that mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable even sharing here because they were so personal and vulnerable yeah. with me when he was discipling me when I was seventeen. But he was intentional with it. 
You are intentional with yours. So here's what I want you to do. Map out your life. Map out your life. Map it out from birth to now. And then write out the different things that you think are instrumental. The things that are the highs and the lows of both. But be really honest with yourself. Just highlight them. Yeah. And then how are we going to use this new information? After we do this story, we're going to write out our story. What are we going to do with it? Then you're going to share it. You're going to share it to someone. You've got to tell someone. And honestly, I'd start with this. Start with the person closest to you. So if you're married, do it with your spouse. They'll probably be sitting there like, wait, oh my goodness, that makes so much sense. I didn't catch that about you. Because yeah. like, I guarantee if I sat down with Katie right now, there because she was such an integral part of my story because we met so young, and I'm sure Sarah's the same with you. Yep. But there are things that I could say that she'd be like, what? And then go tell someone. Go, be... Share your story. People want to know. Story, they want to know you, and they want to know right. you for you, not you for Amen. the polished Instagram version of you. They want the TikTok version. They want yep. the Snapchat version. They want the real you. Yep. And so to get there, they do. map it out. Map it out. Uh, and share it. Share it with someone. I mean, it's pretty simple. Now, being vulnerable is very important, and the, there's a fine line. There was a leader in my life, um, and by no means is he to blame by any of it, but there was a leader in my life that shared too much information with me when I was 15. And I found ways to justify. And you weren't ready for this information. I wasn't. Right. I was. Uh, so your story takes wisdom. It does. And so intentional with it. Because you can't be willy-nilly with it. Because I used his story as a way to justify myself. Now, that was on me, not on him. But I wasn't ready for his story. Absolutely. Here's another quick takeaway. And we'll end it with this. Um, to apply this to a team dynamic. Ooh, this is good. Um, I think it's important for us to talk about teams. All, almost all of us work with teams in some way. You're on a, a staff team. You're Maybe you're a boss of a staff team like I am. Here's the one thing I can say. We talked about this a few weeks ago on a podcast as well, but to go more in depth with it. Um, as a leader, the more vulnerable you are, the more vulnerable your team will be, which the more deep you will come together and the healthier your team is going to be. Vulnerability literally is the key step. It is the most ignored leadership asset asset that you have. Vulnerability is not a liability. Vulnerability is an asset. 100%. Vulnerability is not a liability. So true. It is an asset. So as leaders, make sure you have a monthly, as I joked about, was it last week or two weeks ago, that I joked about, it's a coaching hour. Yeah. Have a coaching hour with your team and just let them get vulnerable together. Yeah. But you got to start because they're only going to go to the depth of vulnerability that you're willing to go to for yourself. So have it. Talk about it this week. Like, hey, guys, where are you guys struggling? Where's, where are you guys at with life? And just know that this is a safe space. Obviously, it takes a lot of vulnerability beforehand. It takes a lot of trust and relationship development to get there. But it starts with you as mm -hmm. a parent, as a leader, as a spouse. It starts with you and get there. But in order to get there, you need to first know your own story. So take an assessment of your own story, map it out, and then second, prepare to share it. But do it intentionally in a very clever way. Because if you won't, and seriously, what's the point? So true. So good. Thank you for that, Jeremy. And we just want to remind you, we exist to empower you as a leader, to leverage your skills and gifts to what matters most. And that is leadership. Because your most ignored asset today is your own story. Be vulnerable. Yep, be Share vulnerable. it. If you don't mind, give us a follow on, on Instagram at leadership underscore pour over and give us a uh, like our most recent post. And honestly share it with a friend this podcast share this with do. a friend that'd be so helpful yes and please give us a review and subscribe to one of our channels whether it's on the apple podcast spotify or your favorite podcast channel please give us a review also follow us on facebook or check out our new website at Woo! leadership or leadership no leadership pourover.com